Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Finding meaning in the existential void. In this episode, Eckhart talks about suffering consciously and how to deal with difficult emotions, including fear, anxiety, and regret. Eckhart also discusses nihilism, the belief that life is pointless and devoid of meaning. He explains the idea, dates back to Darwin and his idea that evolution is a random chain of events, molecules and atoms aimlessly coming together over millions of years. And Eckhart says this very limited negative view still affects millions of people today. He says nihilism in its extreme form can lead to despair and even death as many seek to medicate themselves with drugs, alcohol, or other substances to escape suffering, alienation, and emptiness in their lives. Eckhart explains that we all have a deeper purpose which is connected to the purpose of the universe. He says if we align with that, then we become a bringer of light. Eckhart says the world is in dire need of awakening. We all must ask ourselves, am I aligned with the light of consciousness? Suffering in your life, if it still arises, use it so that the ego gets burned up by the suffering, so to speak. The ego gets burned up in this fire of suffering. Now we can call this conscious suffering. That's a very interesting concept, conscious suffering. When suffering arises, become aware of it and accept that it's there in the form of fear, anxiety, regret. You have self-pity, you have unhappy sense of self, complaining about your life, many forms of suffering. You've lost things. You don't know things that you had identified with, taken away from you. Who am I now? I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Well, that's great. Be nobody more completely. Realize fully your nobody-ness. <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. I've lost everything. All the things I've worked for, I've been gone. Everything is so pointless. Boy, their mind is still talking. It's all been for nothing. It's all meaningless, meaningless. This is your mind talking. Don't believe in the things it says, but it continues talking. Many humans in this world are suffering from what we could call nihilism. I don't know if you know that word, nihilism. Nihilism means the belief that everything is absolutely and utterly pointless. 
that's a deep form of suffering, nihilism, it doesn't make what's the point of it all, just this awful life of mine, is part, the whole world is pointless, it's so awful. And that's a very deep suffering, the total lack of meaning. Everything is arbitrary, random, and meaninglessness is a mental disease that is afflicting millions of humans because the mainstream culture still believes. It's, it goes back to the 19th century. It goes back to Darwin, origin of species, said life evolved, which undoubtedly is true. But he said life evolved, but the evolution of life on this planet is an arbitrary, random course of events. Molecules and atoms at random coming together and forming life forms over millions of years. Random, the, the idea of randomness in the theory of evolution put forward by Darwin and others, the idea of randomness means there's no purpose or intelligence behind it whatsoever. It's a random process. In other words, it's the belief that all life on this planet has no meaning. It just is a meaningless conglomeration of atoms and molecules. It's ultimately meaningless. That basically is the underlying assumption behind the theory of evolution that many people still believe. And it has seeped into mainstream culture and even people who have never even heard of Darwin, it has seeped into their belief system that we live in a meaningless universe. Before that happened, we had certain religious beliefs. So we had, there was some meaning. A lot of that perhaps was ideological and ego-driven. Nevertheless, in the ancient religion, there is access to the transcendent is still there, here and there. Dogs are an important part of our lives and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. There were still little openings into the transcendent, even though many forms of religion developed into ideological belief systems that strengthened the ego. Nevertheless, religion still carried, and still carry, the secret of transcendence is still there hiding within the religions. And that became inaccessible to many humans. So now we have the a pandemic of nihilism. This is one of the pandemics far worse than any physical pandemic that everything, the beef that everything is meaningless. 
And you can have a meaning in your life that is very limited. Like for many people have the meaning, okay, I want to have a career that gives you limited meaning in your personal life. I'm working for a career, nothing wrong with that. I'm working to create a better life for myself and my family. That's also wonderful and great. Uh, I'm, I'm working to achieve recognition in this world, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine too. But at some point, a meaning that is purely personal may begin to lose its power so that let's say you've spent two or three decades working for your career, which is nothing wrong with it. You may arrive at a point where your career doesn't mean anything anymore, or you lose it, that you lose your career and your status, or it, is, it consumes you so completely that you, you become ill with stress, or in some other way turns into something that's not satisfying at all, that actually creates suffering. So something can give you limited meaning for a while, for years, and then suddenly turn out to be ultimately meaningless. Some people suddenly wake up and say, all my life, some people fall ill, seriously ill. And then they look back on their life and say, all the, this was so pointless, accumulating possessions. Why did I do that? What was the point in that? All the things that I was so anxious about, when they're now they're let's say they're seriously ill now all the things that i was so anxious about that was so unnecessary and pointless all the things that i've been striving for were ultimately pointless that can be an opening suddenly wow the limited personal meaning which was fine is better than no meaning at all to have a, a personal meaning in your life better than no meaning at all. But ultimately, that's not satisfying in the long term. You have to go deeper to a deeper meaning that transcends who you are as a person. And that is, am I aligned with the purpose of the universe? That is the ultimate true meaning. Am I aligned with the purpose? And what is the purpose of the universe? The purpose of the universe is consciousness bringing more consciousness into this dimension. That's the purpose of the universe, bringing more consciousness into this dimension. Am I aligned with that? Then if that is the case, if you're aligned with that, you're, you're a bringer of consciousness, a bringer of light, that is the ultimate true purpose. And it could be that your personal purpose and the deeper purpose can go together. That's fine. So you can you can have a career, and yet it's not totally ego dominated. While you are active working, you bring in the light of consciousness. You do things in your work that bring more consciousness into this dimension. That's wonderful. It is not necessarily a case of either having a career or being aligned with universal purpose, which is you can bring the two together. That's the balance between being and doing, as I sometimes call it, the balance between being and doing, bringing those two together. So there's only one true purpose in your life. And you have to discover that. And that is, am I aligned with the consciousness? And am I a bringer of consciousness? So the end of nihilism is that your entire past 
becomes relatively unimportant when you realize the meaning of life is to, to be a bringer of consciousness. Let's say your entire past was one disaster after another. Some people's life is like, unfortunately, was like that. Let's say you've, you've even, you ended up in prison because you did one wrong and bad thing after another. But then you look back in your so-called life and say, my God, that was a disaster. My entire life was a, just a disaster. Okay, but at this moment, I realize the consciousness that I am. And I have all the suffering that I have created for myself and others. All the suffering I have created for myself and others was part of the egoic dream, the delusion, the egoic delusion and the conditioning that I came into this world with. And then you, you awaken at this moment. If a totally disastrous life brings you to a point of awakening now, the whole thing was great. It suddenly has a purpose. Retrospectively, all the disasters brought you to this moment of awakening. So in retrospect, what was totally absurd and meaningless, suddenly it fulfilled a purpose. The past can suddenly be realized as having fulfilled its purpose by creating the suffering that led to your awakening. <laughs> so there's no regret anymore about the past. It all made sense. So it's, the meaning arises retrospectively. It only remains absurd and disastrous if the awakening doesn't happen. <laughs> then you, or you're trapped in the dreadful dream. Continue to be trapped in it. Wow. So be aligned with universal purpose. The, that is the ultimate purpose. No matter what you do, no matter how it expresses itself through you, that doesn't matter. Realize that. And if you want to look at your life in terms of failure and success, as many people do, is my life a failure? Is my life a success? What criterion do you use for failure or success? Do you allow this world to tell you whether you're a failure or success? To a large extent, this world is insane. So are you allowing an insane world to tell you whether your life is a failure or success? <laughs> if this world cannot tell you, then what, what is it? Obviously, the only true criterion is whether you are conscious or not in this moment. If you're conscious in this moment, instead of being Im totally immersed in the dream of your conditioned unawareness, the fictitious person, if you are conscious in this moment, then that is the greatest and only true success there could be in this life. Your entire past becomes irrelevant if it has taken you to this point. In that sense, it is relevant, but ultimately it's irrelevant. You are awake in this moment. You represent the awakened state of consciousness in humanity. Well, nothing else is success, if you even want to use the term success. But I would probably recommend even here not to use the term success because that would imply 
that there's somebody there that says, I have achieved consciousness. <laughs> and again, you would create a sense of another, another conceptual identity in your mind, another form of ego that says, I am conscious other than and these all these people are not conscious. I have achieved something. I have achieved awakening. That's a delusion again, because the I that claims to have achieved awakening is the ego that claims some kind of achievement. You can only awaken if the ego subsides and the ego becomes transparent. Then awakening happens. But it's not an achievement. There's nobody there to have achieved anything. It's something that happens through you. The ego in some way created it in a negative sense because the ego created the suffering that led to the awakening. <laughs> in that sense, perhaps the ego did achieve it. <laughs> but ultimately, to claim I have achieved awakening is a delusion. It's an ego delusion. So nihilism then is something, a form of suffering that can lead to an awakening. It can also lead to suicide. It can lead to despair until you die. In many cases, it does. It can lead to bitterness and resentment, to desensitize yourself against the suffering of meaninglessness. You take drugs, you become addicted, and this is an epidemic of drug addiction around these days. There's a desperate, a very urgent need for the awakening of humanity, the awakening of humans. There's a great urgency now because we're moving into a critical, collectively critical situation on this planet. And that is absolutely necessary for awakening. Nobody awakens in their comfort zone. Your mind might say, these are the optimum conditions for awakening. Nobody disturbs me. I get peace and quiet all around me. No particular worldly challenges to distract me from my meditation periods. Excellent food everything pure and clean, two massages every day, getting rubbed with essential oils, fantastic conditions for spiritual awakening. Let's say in, in this spa where you pay $2,000 per day, let's say you've won the lottery, so you go to the spa, optimum, fantastic conditions for awakening. And would you awaken there? You could become very peaceful. It would be just very pleasant, very pleasant. And you would be very much like a, like a plant that grows from seed in a protected environment, like a greenhouse, just the right temperature. And the plant grows very quickly and blossoms, but it's very weak. The moment the greenhouse, let's say the plant is then put outside, immediately it would shrink and collapse. It hasn't de developed the inner strength to exist in the real world. So 
the optimum way of awakening is to use the challenges that you are facing in your daily life instead of believing if I could only find an ideal situation, then I would easily awaken spiritually. No, you wouldn't. You would actually, after some initial very pleasant experiences in this imaginary spa, you would actually, your level of consciousness would go down, you would gradually go back to sleep, you go to sleep. It's so pleasant. Ah. Presence only arises when it's necessary. When it's necessary. Nothing comes unless it's needed. There needs to be a, a call for it. In other words, there needs to be a gap between the current situation and what is needed to remedy the current situation. Things need to be difficult, otherwise change doesn't happen on every level, even the physical level. If you want to get stronger, if you want to have change on a physical level, what do you do to get stronger? Well, you have to exercise, you have to maybe you start jogging, you start weightlifting, you start whatever you do. But what does that mean? What does it mean? Okay, you do weightlifting, you want to have a stronger body, fine. Or you go jogging. You're making life difficult for your body. You're making life difficult for your body. Then the body says, if we could speak, life is it's so difficult, I need more energy. Otherwise, I can't cope. The body cries out for more energy. You're forcing the body to cry out for more energy. It says, give me more energy. And at some point, let's say jogging at first is, is arduous and it's ah. At some point, you, you experience an influx of energy and suddenly the physical exercise becomes invigorating. Oh, it's great. You feel more powerful. There's an influx of energy. And even the weightlifting becomes, oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, energy comes in. But why does it come? Because there was a cry, there's a need for it. If you had not created the need by making life difficult for your body, it wouldn't have come. You would have remained on your, on your couch as a couch potato uh, and get weaker. So even on that level, it works. On any level, there needs to be a, a gap between the energy that's there now and the energy that's needed. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor, 
Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. So this is where suffering comes in. Ultimately, everything is consciousness in different vibrational frequencies. It's only one energy. The one energy can express itself as physical energy, can express itself as sexual energy, can express itself as emotional, as mental energy, and it can express itself as spiritual energy, which is pure consciousness, in the same way that water can be there as a solid, as ice, can be there as liquid, it's still water, but it looks something totally different. So you have a block of ice, then you can have water, which is liquid, and then you can have vapor, which is you can't even see it, it's water in the air. It's all water. In the same way, consciousness has different vibrational frequencies. It can be there as physical energy, can be there as mental energy, as thinking, and it can be there as spiritual, as the highest frequency of consciousness, spiritual energy. So, as I said, you have to make life difficult for your body so, so that your body can get stronger. And in the same way, your life experiences difficulty, which you experience as suffering, so that there can be an influx of energy, but not on a physical level necessarily, but on a higher level, an influx of spiritual energy ultimately that dissolves the suffering, but wouldn't have come without the suffering. <laughs> it dissolves the suffering, but without it, it wouldn't have come. There needs to be a cry for help. <laughs> so you can, if you can welcome the suffering in your life, even let's take a simple thing. Say you feel unhappy. Usually unhappiness is created with some kind of narrative in your mind that creates it. You tell yourself it's the sad story of my life, me and my life, and you tell yourself it's, it's sad. Or how, how sad it's going to be might be even worse than the past. So the narrative in your mind and you feel unhappy, or you might just feel unhappy even without the narrative because you're telling yourself a sad narrative for so long that you, you have an emotional equivalent of the na sad narrative in your mind and you f carry that in your emotional field, this, this sadness that you, that you carry here, and that expresses itself a, a feeling of unhappiness, probably associated with certain thoughts, yes, or perhaps it's nihilism, it's so pointless, whatever, I have failed, or whatever it may be, doesn't matter, unhappiness is there. Oh, I'm so unhappy, I'm the unhappy. Okay, now a little, a little experiment. <laughs> it sounds a little strange. Can you be completely okay with being unhappy? Okay, I'm unhappy, that's fine, let me be unhappy. If you, can you completely accept that you're unhappy? Instead of not wanting to be unhappy, which is a normal thing, is not wanting to be unhappy. Uh, I'd rather be happy than unhappy. But as an experiment, if you're unhappy, and especially if you have frequent states of unhappiness, and I'm not talking about certain situations that, that require action, 
but you haven't taken the action yet and that's why you're unhappy. No, take some action if you can do something about it. But if, if unhappiness arises frequently in you, in your life, no matter where you are and what you're doing, practice complete acceptance of whatever it is that you're experiencing at this moment as an experiment. Complete acceptance of whatever it is you're experiencing at this moment. Okay, unhappy. All right. That's okay. Let me be unhappy. I'm just unhappy. It's okay to be unhappy. I'm unhappy. I'm so unhappy. Let's see what, what happens if you completely accept that you're unhappy. <laughs> I'm unhappy. I don't want to make a prediction, but you may find that the unhappiness cannot survive if you completely accept it. <laughs> it sounds very paradoxical, but anything that you completely accept does undergo transformation. And complete acceptance is also a diminishment of ego. The ego shrinks in the state of acceptance. Now acceptance means accept whatever you're experiencing at this moment, that's all just this moment, accept whatever you're experiencing at this moment, because you might as well, because this is what you're experiencing at this moment. If you don't accept it, it gets worse. <laughs> so accept unhappiness, okay? You can do the same with fear. You have anxiety, say anxiety, and you feel it in your body. Okay, you completely accept there's anxiety in your body. You can feel it, it's a contraction. You can feel it's, feel it's, in, it's in your stomach. Uh, there it is. I accept it, it's there, accept. Now you may find, especially anxiety or fear, when you completely accept it, it becomes transformed into presence. So before there was a contraction of the fear, acceptance opens it up, contraction is no longer there, and you just become intensely present. Where before there was fear, there's now intense presence. And if presence is lost, you can go move back into fear. So practice with that. Acceptance is a quick way of transcending ego because ego, ego thrives on and lives on resistance, resisting what is. So practice and see what happens, especially with any form of unhappiness. And then gradually you, you, you live in state of alignment with the present moment. No matter what form it takes, you're aligned with what is. And that ego subsides immediately. And there you can enter presence without more suffering. Until you practice that, you need the suffering to force you into presence. But you don't need to wait any longer for suffering to force you into presence. If you are here now listening to this, You've already had enough of that. You had enough suffering to bring you to this point, to this point of realization. 
for the further evolution of your consciousness, you do, do not need more suffering. You just need to invite presence into your life, more presence into your life. And you do it by aligning yourself with the present moment, no matter what form it takes. And then the transcendent dimension opens up with the acceptance of the present moment. The transcendent dimension opens up in your life. And there it is. It's a wonderful, wonderful process. Again, I use the term conscious suffering. Conscious suffering means you, you accept the suffering, and by accepting the suffering, you will experience a transformation of suffering. Now, one little thing to be careful of, accepting suffering, do not mistake this for meaning that you continue to be engaged in creating an unhappy narrative in your mind about you and your life or whatever situation it may be, that's not the acceptance of that. You have, to, you have to feel the suffering and then accept it, but don't allow it to use your mind and continuously create an unhappy narrative in your mind. Then you'll be unconscious and you cannot accept because you're not even there to accept anything. So acceptance means the narrative dissolves. And all that remains is a feeling, whatever it may be, un unhappiness, anxiety, whatever it is, the feeling and that you accept, then the transformation happens. That's the beauty of it. In this world, you have to be careful with what kind of thoughts you absorb from the collective because there's so much unhappiness in the collective energy field of humanity. So it's very easy to get drawn into that if you're not careful and participate in the suffering of the collective fear, anxiety, anger that's everywhere. It's also very easy to be affected by certain thoughts that can take over your mind that come from the collective thoughts and thought patterns. Anybody who is not sufficiently present, sufficiently aware, is susceptible to being infected by certain thoughts. Certain thoughts become lodged in your mind. Every thought is an energy formation, like you could say a little entity. A thought gets lodged in your mind and attracts associated thoughts and becomes a bundle of thoughts. And without awareness, you identify with the thoughts and then you're in being possessed by certain thoughts. They may be, they may arise from your personal, but very commonly they arise from the collective. In your personal life, you could develop some kind of thought that of an obsessive nature that occupies your mind. 
and uh, you can't get rid of it. It could be the thought of one directed to one particular person, very, very negative thoughts. At the simplest level, you can have a melody that you can't get rid of in your mind. You can have a whole day or two days and you can't get rid of some this thing that's in your mind, it repeats itself again and again. You can have certain assumptions about this world. Like they may be totally absurd and irrational, or there may be some truth to it, but only there may be an aspect of the truth. The most absurd thoughts could be there. You might think that the, uh, the extraterrestrials are already here. Well, they may be. And every other human is actually an alien. And you just have to look at them carefully to figure out whether they are aliens or humans. And I'm not excluding the possibility that some aliens may be here, but we are really, I'm talking about obsessive thoughts that are probably not correct. And then that colors your subsequent perception of reality gets totally colored by the obsessive thoughts and it, it can explain everything in those terms or the evils of the world have suddenly one explanation another one that's also in the collective you can have a thought that the, the entire world is divided into oppressor and oppressed any human being either belongs to the oppressors or to the oppressed. That was an idea in communism in economic terms, in terms of social power. They divided humanity into oppressors and oppressed. And then they look at, you can look at any human being and to me, he's oppressed, he's an oppressor. <laughs> Thing is, of course, oppressors and oppressed have existed and in some areas still exist. But to take one fragment of truth, because the totality of human life is much vaster than that, this is one aspect. But if you take one aspect that then occupies your mind because of lack of awareness, you are possessed by a thought. And this thought says the entire world, this is just one example, it could give many examples, the essential identity of any, any human being is either they are oppressed or they are the oppressor. Now, of course, if that is the thoughts that dominate your mind, then obviously you would probably regard the oppressed as the good ones and the oppressors as the bad ones. So that, then that simplifies life enormously. You immediately can decide who is good and who is bad. And you are probably good, presumably. Even if you, if you are an oppressor, traditionally, you now recognize your sins and you will atone for your sins of being an oppressor and you side with the oppressed and therefore you become one of the good people. So we had the same phenomenon in very extreme form. We all know about Soviet communism. We know about... Chinese Mao Zedong Cultural Revolution, quite a crazy time period. We know National Socialism in Germany, all these the evils perpetrated by all these collective delusional systems that divided people into good and bad. Entire groups gave them an identity. 
I was in Cambodia a few years ago and visited the the death camps of where Cambodians, it's a small country, so not many people are familiar with the recent history of Cambodia, but they had an extreme communist regime under a mad dictator called Pol Pot. And in that extreme communist regime, Cambodia experienced dreadful suffering. One third of the population was killed by their own government because they were the oppressors. An oppressor was anybody who could read and write because obviously they were exploiting the peasants. Anybody who wore glasses, he could would immediately, like that's right, oppressor, they would be sent from the cities into the countryside to work on the fields where they didn't have enough food and most of them starved. Total lack of humanity, total lack because of the entire country was dominated by one absurd and obsessive thought that made it impossible for them to relate to any human being as a human being. They relate to them through the conceptualization that they, that thought had created for them. They couldn't sense the humanity, the being of the other human anymore, the moment they had imposed a conceptual identity on them. This is an extreme example of what can happen to you when you're taken over by certain thoughts in your mind. This is not to mean that, of course, oppressors and oppressive existed and exist, but it's not not the entire explanation. There are many other facts in this life. But I'm saying all this because you need to be very alert so that your mind is not taken over by certain thoughts that invade your mind and color your view of reality. And uh, there are certain irrational thoughts that are floating around in the collective at the present time. So it's very easy to, for you to absorb some of them and being possessed by certain thoughts. And maybe it's so irrational that it's unbelievable, but um, I'm not giving any examples, but you have to find it out for yourself with awareness you can. And be very careful with observing your mind be there as a witness of your mind so that you don't get taken over by by certain thoughts, that your mind does not get taken over by certain thoughts. And then uh, you you cannot perceive reality anymore as it is. Everything is colored by the veil of irrational thinking. So nowadays, these things can spread very quickly and easily, these irrational things. In the past, they were confined to either one country or one area in a particular country. But nowadays, certain irrational thoughts can go through the entire world, through the technology we have, and can quickly affect millions of humans all over the world. So in the past, you had it, as I said, limited, let's say, the the hunt for witches in the past, totally absurd and irrational. It's a mental disease that uh, affected certain countries or areas in certain countries. And this mental disease, then there were some places in, in Europe, there were villages and towns in Europe in the Middle Ages during the time of collective insanity. There were almost no women left in in some villages in towns at that time. They had all been burned or or drowned 
because they were called as witches, absolute insanity. So don't underestimate how insane humans can become. The only antidote that you have against it is awareness, so that your mind does not get affected by mental virus. The awareness is aware of what your mind is doing, so that your mind does not get occupied by one particular way of thinking, which is probably irrational. When there's lack of awareness, you can be taken over by, in politics, one of the other thought stream, some may be called right wing or left wing. If there's no awareness or very little awareness, one or, two or the other of the, those streams can take you over completely. This is a thought stream that takes you over and you don't know it because you identify with it. And then you are drifting towards an extreme, either to the right or to the left. And the more you go to an extreme, the more irrational you become without knowing it and so on. So again, what we call political left and right are simply streams of thought. And every stream of thought attempts to grow in you. That's what thought does. A thought comes in and then it attempts to get a bit bigger and suddenly attempts to survive in you. And that's fine. But without awareness, you get hijacked by a stream of thought. So in the political terms, you get hijacked either by one or the other side. <laughs> and uh, the more people get hijacked in one direction, the more they create another segment of the population that is hijacked in the other direction. So then the extremes become more pronounced, as it's maybe happening in the United States and some other Western countries these days. So aware, stay aware, aware, so that you are the space of awareness for your thoughts. Be the witnessing consciousness. Even when you watch the news, be the witnessing consciousness. Don't get drawn into, yes, have your opinions, but don't get hijacked by opinions, which are only thoughts. Don't, don't get taken over by them. Through presence, develop the immunity against toxic thoughts. Because if you don't have that, an entire country could be taken over by what ultimately would be mass psychosis temporarily, that doesn't last, it can last for a few years. Mass psychosis is not uncommon. It can take over, as I pointed out before, it can take over entire countries when then millions of people become deluded and usually involves a lot of suffering and, and destructiveness and violence. All you can do is take responsibility for your space of awareness, be the awareness so that you do not participate. If there should be a mass psychosis, <laughs> you won't be part of it. You will be there as the awareness. And the more people can be there as the awareness, the less likely it is that it will develop into, into a mass psychosis. And if it should develop, the more people are still aware while it happens, the more short-lived this episode would be. So we are moving into very interesting times. As you might have noticed, the next few years will be very challenging collectively. 
But this is strangely, from a higher point of view, is necessary for the evolution of consciousness. It doesn't look like that, but it is. Humans don't evolve except in critical situations, which often are self-created, both either personally or collectively. But you are well prepared, you are all aware, and it's very unlikely that any of you will actually become part of the collective insanity that to some extent is already here and might even grow. It is very unlikely that you will be part of that. You will represent the sanity within the insanity if it should grow even further. (laughs) All right. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor... Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.